chapter twenty of the stolen singer by martha fletcher bellinger this librivox recording is in the public domain reading by matt Perard. chapter twenty monsieur chatelard takes the wheel sally kingsbury would have given up the ghost without more ado had she known what secular and unministerial passions were converging about parson thayer's peaceful library as it was she had a distinct feeling that life wasn't as simple as it had been heretofore and that there were puzzling problems to solve she was almost certain that she had caught mr hand using an oath though when she charged him with it he had said that he had been talking spanish to himself he always did when he was alone sally didn't exactly know the answer to that but told him that she hoped he would remember that she was a professor what's that inquired hand it's a christian in good and regular standing and it's what you ought to be said sally and now that nice mr chamberlain whom she had fed in the early morning had dashed up to the kitchen door behind little simon's best horse deposited a man from charlesport and then had disappeared the man had also unceremoniously left her kitchen he might be a minister brought there to officiate at the church on the following sabbath sally surmised but on second thought she dismissed the idea he didn't look like any minister she had ever seen and was very far indeed from the parson thayer type hercules thayer's business including his ministerial duties had formed the basis and staple of sally's affectionate interest for seventeen years and it wasn't her nature to give up that interest now that the chief actor had stepped from the stage so she speculated and wondered while she did more than her share of the work she picked radishes from the garden for supper threw white screening over the imposing loaves of bread still cooling on the side table and was sharpening a knife on a whetstone preparatory to carving thin slices from a veal loaf that stood nearby when she was accosted by someone appearing suddenly in the doorway is this the red house it was a cool sharp voice sounding even more outlandish than mr hans sally turned deliberately toward the door and surveyed the newcomer well yes i guess so but you don't need to scare the daylights out of me that way the stranger entered the kitchen and pulled out a chair from the table give me something to eat and drink the best you have and be quick about it too sally paused carving knife in hand looking at him with frank curiosity well i snum you ain't the new minister either now are you the stranger made no answer he had thrown himself into the chair as if tired suddenly he sat up and looked around alertly then at sally who was returning his gaze with interest where are you from anyway she inquired we don't see people like you around these parts very often i dare say he snarled are you going to give me a meal or must i tramp over these confounded hills all day before i can eat oh i'll get you up a bite if that's all you want i never turn anybody away hungry from this door yet and we've had many a worse-looking tramp than you i guess miss redmond won't mind miss redmond the stranger started to his feet glowering on sally look here is this place a hotel or isn't it well anybody'd think it was the way i've been driven from pillar to post for the last ten days 
but you can't stay i'll get you a meal and a good one too sally's good nature was rewarded by a convulsion of anger on the part of the guest fool idiot he screamed you tricked me in here you lied to me oh set down set down interrupted sally you don't need to get so head up as all that i'll get you something to eat there ain't any hotel within five miles of here and a poor one at that thus protesting and attempting to soothe sally saw the stranger make a grab for his hat and start for the door only to find it suddenly shut and locked in his face mr chamberlain moreover was on the inside facing the foreigner if you will step through the house and go out the other way mr chamberlain remarked coolly it will oblige me my horse is loose in the yard and i'm afraid you'll scare him off he's shy with strangers the two men measured glances i thought you travelled afoot when pursuing your real estate business sneered the stranger i do when it suits my purposes replied chamberlain what game are you up to anyway in this disgusting country inquired the other ridding it of rascals this way please and chamberlain pointed before him toward the door leading into the hall as the stranger turned his glance fell on sally still carving her real loaf idiot he said disgustedly well i haven't been caught yet anyhow said sally grimly chamberlain's voice interrupted her this way and the first door on the right make haste if you please monsieur chatelard at the name the stranger turned standing at bay but chamberlain was at his heels you see i know your name it was supplied me at the reading-room here on the right quickly the hall was dim almost dark the only light coming from the open doorway on the right whether he wished or no monsieur chatelard was forced to advance into the range of the doorway and once there he found himself pushed unceremoniously into the room it was a large cool room lined with bookcases near the middle stood an oblong table covered with green felt and supporting an old brass lamp four people were in the room besides the two newcomers aleck van camp was on a low step ladder just in the act of handing down a book from the top shelf near the step ladder two women were standing with their backs toward the door both were in white both were tall and both had abundant dark hair one of the french windows leading out on to the porch was open and just within the sill stood the man from charlesport here's a wonderful book a rare one the record of that famous latin controversy aleck was saying when he became conscious of the entrance of chamberlain and a stranger ah hello chamberlain that you he cried agatha and melanie turning suddenly to greet chamberlain simultaneously encountered the gimlet gaze of chatelard it was fixed first on melanie then on agatha then returned to melanie with an added increment of rage and bafflement but he was first to find tongue so he sneered i find you after all princess august stephanie of crovetz consorting with these these swine melanie looked at him keenly with hesitating suspicions ah duke stephen's cat's paw i remember you well but before the words were fairly out of her mouth agatha's voice had cut in mr van camp that is he that is he the man on the jeanne d'arc 
we thought as much answered chamberlain that's why he is here we only wanted your confirmation of his identity said the man who had been standing by the window as he came forward monsieur chatelard you are to come with me i am the sheriff of charlesport county and have a warrant for your arrest as the sheriff advanced toward chatelard the cornered man turned on him with a sound that was half hiss half an oath he was like a panther standing at bay aleck turned toward melanie it seems that you know this man melanie yes i know him to my sorrow what do you know of him he is the paid spy of the duke stephen my cousin he does all his dirty work melanie laughed a bit nervously as she added turning to chatelard but you are the last man i expected to see here i suppose you are come from my excellent cousin to find me eh is that the case chatelard's eyes resting on her burned with hate yes your highness i am the humble bearer of a message from duke stephen to yourself and that message is a command for your immediate return to crovitz matters of importance await you there and if i refuse to return chatelard's shoulders went up and his hands spread out in that insolent gesture affected by certain europeans chamberlain stepped forward impatiently look here you people he began you told me this chap was a blooming kidnapper and so i rounded him up i nabbed him and here you are exchanging how de do what's the meaning of it all as he spoke chamberlain's eyes rested first on melanie then on agatha whom he had not seen before by jove he ejaculated whom did he kidnap questioned melanie why me miss rainier cried agatha he stole my car and drugged me and got me into his yacht heaven knows why kidnapped you cried melanie just so agreed aleck and now i see why you scoundrel he turned upon chatelard with contemptuous fury for once you were caught eh these ladies are much alike that is true so much so that i myself was taken aback the first time i saw miss redmond you thought miss redmond was the princess masquerading as an opera singer her highness has always been admired as a singer cut in chatelard no doubt and even you were deceived aleck laughed in derision but when you take so serious a step as an abduction my dear man be sure you get hold of the right victim she was even singing the very song that used to be a favorite of her highness remarked chatelard your memory serves you too well but chatelard turned scoffingly toward agatha you sang it well mademoiselle very well and as this gentleman asserts you deceived even me but you are indiscreet to walk unattended in the park agatha unnerved and weak had grown pale with fear don't talk with him mr van camp he is dangerous get him away she pleaded true miss redmond we only waste time sheriff again the sheriff advanced toward chatelard and again he was warned off with a hissing oath at the same time a shadow fell within the other doorway as chatelard's glance rested on the figure standing there his face gleamed he pointed an accusing forefinger 
there is the abductor if any such person is present at all said he that is the man who stole the lady's car and ran it into the dark he is your man mr sheriff not i the accusation came with such a tone of conviction on the part of the speaker that for an instant it confused the mind of every one present in the pause that followed chatelard turned with an insolent shrug toward agatha this lady and every word had a sneer in it this lady will testify that i am right agatha stared with a face of alarm toward the doorway where hand stood silent if that is true miss redmond began the sheriff no no cried agatha he had nothing to do with it questioned the sheriff as he waited for her answer agatha suddenly came to herself her trembling ceased she looked about upon them all with her truthful eyes looked upon hand standing unconcernedly in the doorway upon chatelard in the corner gleaming like an oily devil no he had nothing to do with it she said chatelard's laugh beat back her words like a bludgeon <laughs> liars oh liars he cried i might have known but chamberlain was impatient of all this and now monsieur kidnapper you can walk off with this gentleman here and you can't go one minute too soon the penitentiary's the place for you chatelard turned on him with another laugh you need not feel obliged to hold on to me mr land agent i know when i'm beaten which you englishmen never do got another of those pears you offered me this morning before chamberlain could make reply or before the sheriff and his prisoner could get to the door there was the chug of an automobile a second later urgent and loud voices penetrated the room first from the steps then from the hall one was the hearty voice of a man the other was lizzie's can't see her tell me i can't see her after i've run a hundred miles a day into the jungle on purpose to see her the idea where is she in here and in stalked mr straker with cap linen duster and high gaitered boots he was pulling off his goggles well what's this a family party where's miss redmond mr straker cried agatha that's me oh there you are why don't you open up and get some light i can't see a thing wait a minute mr straker agatha was saying when suddenly the attention of everybody in the room was drawn outside when chamberlain had told chatelard that his horse was loose in the yard it happened to be the truth now excited by fear of the strange machine that had just arrived the horse with flying bridle rein was snorting and prancing on his way to the vegetable garden it was almost beyond masculine power to resist the impulse of pursuit alec and chamberlain sprang through the window the sheriff went as far as the lawn after them and in that instant chatelard slipped like an eel through the open door and out to the gate to straker's machine still chugging the sheriff saw him as he jumped in hey there he shouted and made a lively run for the gate but before he reached it chatelard had jerked open the lever loosened the brake and was passing the church at half speed hey there quick called the sheriff he's got away but mr hand had already thought what was best to be done come on here's another machine we'll chase him he cried as he went for the white motor-car standing farther back under the trees it had to be cranked which required some seconds but presently they were off 
hunt and the sheriff in hot pursuit after straker's car chamberlain and aleck triumphantly leading the horse came back in time to see the settling cloud of dust mr chamberlain mr van camp cried agatha they've gone they've got away who's got away demanded chamberlain all of them groaned agatha as she sank down on the piazza steps jiminy christmas ejaculated mr straker this beats any ten twenty thirty i ever saw regular dick deadwood game and he's run off with my new racer what yelled chamberlain did that bloomin cherub let that bloomin rascal get away he isn't anybody i'd care to keep chuckled straker but you know that new racer's worth something did shuttleard go off in that machine again inquired chamberlain slowly and distinctly of the two women precisely said melanie while agatha's bowed head nodded by jove that sheriff's a duffer here van give me the horse and with the words chamberlain grabbed little simon's best roadster mounted him bareback and turned his head up the road i'll catch him yet he yelled back but he didn't three miles farther along he came upon the wreck the racer was lying on its side in a ditch which recent rains had converted into a substantial volume of mire and mud the white machine was drawn cosily up under a spreading hemlock farther on but mr hand and the sheriff were nowhere in sight as chamberlain stopped to gaze on the overturned car he heard the crashing of underbrush in the woods nearby the steps came nearer it was evident the chase was up they were off the scent and obliged to return hmm, grunted chamberlain and for once the clear springs of his disposition were made turbid with satire we're all a pack of bloomin osses that's what we are what in hell's the matter with us while he was tying the horse to a tree hound appeared silent with an unfathomable disgust written on his countenance as usual he who was the least to blame came in for the hottest of the censure and yet there was a sort of fellowship indicated by chamberlain's extraordinary arraignment of them both he was scarcely known ever to have been profane but at this moment he searched for wicked words and interspersed his speech with them recklessly if not with skill it is the duty of the historian to expurgate i don't know just how you happen to be in this game pronounced chamberlain hotly but all i've got to say is you're an ass an infernal ass hand rolling up his sleeves remained silent i suppose if you'd had a perfectly good million-dollar banknote you'd have let it blow away piff right out of your hands he fumed or the title deed to mount olympus or a ticket to a front seat in the new jerusalem that's all it amounts to catch an eel only to let him slip through your fingers eh hey, you mr hand made no answer instead he waded into the ditch stream and placed a shoulder under the racing car chamberlain's instinct for doing his share of work caused him to roll up his trousers and wade in shoulder to shoulder with hand even while he was lecturing on the feebleness of man's wits good horse running loose into barbed wire fences had to be caught but it didn't need a squadron of men and a forty-acre lot to do it in 
might have known he'd give us the slip if he could biggest rascal in europe and so on chamberlain usually rather a silent man blew himself empty for once conscious all the time that he himself was quite as much to blame as hand could possibly have been and hand knew that he knew but kept his counsel hand ought to be prime minister by this time when the racing car was righted he went swiftly and skilfully to work investigating the damage and putting the machine in order as far as possible chamberlain presently became impressed with his mechanical dexterity by jove you can see into her can't you hand continued silent and left it to his companion to put on the finishing verbal touches tow her home and fill her up and she'll be all right eh said chamberlain but hand kept on tinkering the sudden neighing and plunging of little simon's poor tormented horse gave warning of the sheriff crashing from the underbrush directly into the road he was voluble with excuses the fugitive had escaped leaving no traces of his flight he might be in the woods or he might have run to the railroad track and caught the freight that had just slowly passed he might be in the next township or he might be oh go to thunder said chamberlain End of chapter twenty